0: Hey, what's up y'all? I'm Alan Kenny, host of the Blayton Homer's and Podcast, and we're recording this episode on Thursday, september twentieth, twenty eighteen. I know we usually talk about college football, but I've got a special episode of the show set for today. Mark Levovich is the chief national correspondent for the New York Times magazine. He usually reserves his biting commentaries for politicians in Washington, but his latest book, Big Game, chronicles what is described as quote, the NFL in dangerous times, unquote. It's a great read, and Mark's joining us today to talk about what he learned about the world of pro football. So let's go ahead and welcome our guest on, Mark Liebevitch. Mark, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for uh, having me on, Alan.
0: So, Mark, you know, I know you're making the media rounds today a little bit, and I'm sure you're nervous about being on a show like this with such uh, gravitas. <laughs> but uh, hey, I can assure you, you, you'll be any... fine. You'll do fine.
1: All right. all right. All right. I'm prepared. I have my briefing book right here.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, all the talking mm-hmm. points, I'm sure, laid out. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: let's start off, you know, reading Big Game. You talk to... I mean, everybody who's anybody in the NFL, you know, Roger Goodell, Jerry Jones, Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. you know, of all the people whom you spoke to for this book, you know, what, two would you say would be the most extreme, maybe, dichotomy of personalities or the interview experience was was the uh, Mm -hmm. biggest, you know, uh, polarization, maybe?
1: Interesting. Um, I will say Jerry Jones was the extreme version of um, probably willing to say anything and really doesn't give a damn. Um, and Roger Goodell being the other extreme of absolutely straightjacketed and afraid of like a chandelier falling on his head. So those were I would say that of the two people I interviewed th- those were like for as fun as Jerry Jones was to interview, um, Roger Goodell was was much more, I wouldn't say unfun. Yeah actually, I'll say unfun. Uh, was <laughs> just to interview him. How's that?
0: Yeah, no, that works. So, you know, mm-hmm. reading this, though, you mentioned that there's an early exchange where uh, you're talking with his wife at some event, and it sounds like she's kind of a uh, firecracker, huh?
1: Jane Goodell. Yeah, I love her. She's great. She, um, I was at a NFL owners meeting, and I write about this, I think, at the end of one of the first chapters. And there was some cocktail power, uh, party where they just sort of, like, feed us, like a lot of the media, a lot of the team people, a lot of the various hangers-on you find at an NFL owners' meeting, and uh, there was Jane Goodell, and I, I had had a few drinks grand... ostentatious display of the NFL shield that the commissioner makes you um, keep at your at your estate, and she said, "Well, other than the tattoo he has on his chest," and I thought, "Hey, that's pretty funny," and <laughs> I said, "I'm totally putting that in my book." and she said, no, 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 it's off the record. And I said, nope, nope, it's on the record. She goes, all right, if it's on the record, I'll tell you about the tattoo he has of his ass. It's on his ass. <laughs> at the NFL so, I, you know, she had a friend for life of me at that point, and the next time I talked to the commissioner, I, I had to, of course, fact-check this, and he, um, I I told him what I just told you, and he chuckled sort of nervously, but then, just to make sure uh, this was on the record, he, he told me that, that he does not have any tattoos, and this was a... Very serious issue with him, and he wanted to make sure that he did that. Now, I did not fact check this in any way, <laughs> first, but that—that uh, that is his main, he, That is what he maintained.
0: I can—I I can just see him now uh, taking this very seriously. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. uh, very
1: seriously. I mean, you know, there are so many matters that, that could possibly bring shame and, uh, and dishonor to the league and to the shield. He always has to be vigilant.
0: And that's a real big, you know, uh, theme of this is how seriously the NFL takes itself and its, uh, you know, integrity Correct. or whatnot, whatever. Uh, so let me ask you this though: I was at a roundtable earlier this year with uh, Demori Smith, where he was talking about what it's mm-hmm. like to actual actually negotiate with the owners in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So questions yeah. were posed to him about different issues, you know, a, a, you know, different you know, leverage points, healthcare, care, what have you. Yeah. And his answer was. You know, listen, you know, we can talk about all this stuff to we're blue in the face, but really the owners are interested in nothing more than money. The
1: money. And, absolutely.
0: You know, that's definitely one thing that that comes through in in your book. But <clears throat> what strikes me is like that that's one side of things where you just, you know, you're seeing these guys who are just, you know, uh, kind of milking this uh, you know, product for all it's worth, you know, treating it like an <clears> ATM. <throat> but it really struck yeah. me though that really reading this book, the thing that's really kind of the underlying, you know, purpose or animus of the NFL mm-hmm. right now is really just the aggrandizement though of like those owners, mm-hmm. you know. How they how they flex for yeah. the public and make people kind of bend <laughs> to their will. Like that is that is it, what's motivating the NFL now.
1: Yeah, it it is. I mean I, I think they look people bend to their will not because they have any great charms or any great personality or any great sort of um cognitive, you know, brilliances. I think they bend to their will because the NFL has all the leverage in the world. <clears throat> there is not an alternative professional sports league. Uh, they get unbelievable TV ratings. I mean, seventy-seven of the top hundred top-rated shows in America last year were football games. Um, you know, the league is supposedly in big trouble, but I mean, just dominated the first two weekends of the season. So, look, the, the league is printing money. But but it is interesting that you're right. I mean, I, I'm look. I I'll make a confession here. I, I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> I don't know if you are, um, but I'm just not. And but if I were a billionaire, if I owned an NFL team that was worth, you know, north of the, uh, most. I mean, I think all of them are worth over a billion dollars, except for maybe a couple. I love, actually, no, they're all probably worth over a billion dollars. I wouldn't care at all about like like a like ten million here, ten million there. Now it's easy for me to say, but. That's sort of how they think. They they want just sort of they want more pie. They want more money. So yes, they care about making more money. Roger Goodell is very good at that aspect of his job. Um, the other thing they do care about is is their team. I mean, they want their team to win. And when they don't win, they're unhappy about it, and their fans are unhappy, and it gets unpleasant for everyone. But it's it's in the sense. I mean, Steve Tisch, the uh, co owner of the Giants, said uh, the NFL is like junior high school for billionaires, and it's true. I mean, we're not talking about people who are great. At least in my exposure to them, we're not talking about people of great, um, great gifts and great sort of strategic uh, vision, except for in a few cases. But And you're right. I mean, I, it is a bizarre thing. And I wrote a fair amount about this in, in Big Game that we have to, like, recognize these people as titans of industry. And there's always they're always sort of insured these close up shots. um you know, during the game of, of them in their boxes with their stupid high fives and their, you know, mm-hmm. just crestfallen stares after a loss. So it is a bizarre dynamic. It's a little bit like, you know, like the Roman Empire in some ways.
0: Yeah, and especially you point out the uh, differences between some of the, uh, I, I, you know, for lack of a better word, the new money owners, you know, who've come into the right. league later versus the yeah. uh, families that, you know, I've had these teams for years, and on top of all that, you yeah. know, this is a you know essentially an oligopoly, right? I guess that would be the best way to describe oh, right. it. I mean, so yeah. you know, there's a government essentially, you know, enforcing their you know oligopoly for the, this cabal of owners. It's such a just a weird, weird dynamic.
1: It's a weird setup. Um, it's more like a cartel. I mean, like they own yeah. these players who don't have guaranteed contracts. They're sacrificing their bodies quite literally. In a way that that there's a very very good chance is going to compromise their quality of life going forward. Uh, they can get rid of them like that. I mean, these players, most of most of these players don't have guaranteed contracts, which to me is just ongoingly bizarre. And um, yeah, it's it's very much you know Gladiator Rome, and I'm certainly not the first to make that analogy. But but there is there is just a lot of that. And and look, it's just a perfect match for the imagination of the American entertainment. Sort of taste um i mean the question is how long does that can continue now you mentioned like these new money owners i mean a guy like david tepper um new owner of the carolina panthers he paid 2.25 billion dollars for the panthers um after jerry richardson was forced to sell uh, earlier this year he um you know this guy's a multi-billionaire right not not going to starve you know 10 generations down in his family if 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 uh, precedent holds, he's going to want to have very aggressive numbers coming back at him to sort of make up for his, you know, for what he's paying for his franchise. And he'll get there. It's obviously a good investment. But um, there, there is more – there there does tend to be more urgency with people who are spending a lot more money in the recent years for some of these franchises.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, another thing, though, that I noticed about big games that, you know, all the notable moments here really come – in settings that are best really adjacent kind of to the games themselves. I mean, owner's meetings, press conferences, you know, there's a lot of self-created drama really that tends to kind of overshadow the actual product. Does that become a Mm -hmm. problem for the NFL in your mind at some point?
1: I think it depends on what the sideshow is, right? I mean, I think when the sideshow is um, Ray Rice, you know, knocking out his yeah. fiance on an elevator. It's a terrible sideshow. I mean, it's just a very ugly issue. Now, look, is it riveting on some level? Um, is Roger Goodell going to keep his job? Like, what are they going to do about this? What a mess. I mean, there is obviously a perverse level of reality TV in, in, like, watching an organization just reeling like this. But that's a bad story. I mean, concussions are a bad story. The National Anthem, probably not. You know, not a good story, at all because, you know, it's a lot of people are just really divided and really dug in and has nothing to do with football. And then there's things like, you know, Deflategate, right? I mean, Deflategate is, I mean, it's a perfect reality TV show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not about anything. It, it, you know, you have a really, really uh, easy villain to sort of watch. You have a Keystone cop at the league, right? You know, Roger mm-hmm. Goodell. It, it's a bizarre you know, it's a nice relief from domestic violence, from concussions and that kind of thing. And it was one of the dominant stories of the sports here, whether the NFL was playing or not. So, I mean, there is, I mean, the, the draft is the ultimate reality show, right? I mean, you have people's destinies playing out on live television. You have teams and strategies and trades and projections and all the kinds of things that are just really fun to uh, to talk about, to study, to prepare for, to try to project, that kind of thing. Um, so again it depends i mean i do think that, that the NFL one of the, the geniuses of it is it's becoming year round entertainment i mean the, the games itself the games themselves are not you know the only form of entertainment that are going to keep people interested over the course of 365 days
0: Yeah there's kind of a uh, you know the paradigm now for the whole Deflake thing feels very uh, trumpian you know in the sense that oh bad story yeah. comes out you know create something over here to yeah uh, <laughs> you know, And there is some it. of that yeah,
1: yeah, and look, I mean, if you want to if you want to rate Donald Trump purely on the interest he generates and the level you know of caring he draws and the ratings he gets, I mean, he gets an A plus. I mean, and look, I mean, he also has to run the country, and and I mean, there's obviously a huge part of his job that that has created all kinds of divisiveness. But the NFL just needs to entertain, and I mean, they look unless you know you're you're related to um, a player, or if, you know, you have to worry about his health or something, it, it, it's, I mean, it's something that people can afford to partake of as a pure entertainment thing.
0: So, uh, you know, kind of winding down here, you have some pretty death jabs in here at the uh, NFL media, <laughs> it, uh, you know, which yeah. to me seems to be kind of full of a lot of just, uh, I don't know, kind of sycophants. But, you know, for example, yeah. Peter King tweeted today something about, you know, that, uh Josh Gordon isn't worthy of playing for the Patriots or something like that. But I guess Hopefully. my point is, yeah, is, uh, I mean, you know, do you feel that the media treats the NFL with the proper level of skepticism?
1: Um, That's a great question. Um, I've thought a lot about this. I, I think – I have a lot of respect for a lot of these sort of insiders. I mean, the the, the basic problem we're talking about here is that most of them or many of them work for a corporation that has a Mm -hmm. major business relationship with the NFL. Okay, I mean, I work for The New York Times. Okay, There is no way we are ever going to have a major business relationship (laughs) with the White House, with the United States Congress. With I don't know I mean yeah I guess companies are going to advertise with us but there's a pretty legitimate church and state thing going on there but no so it's just it's a really unique situation I mean when I'm I've been promoting this book a fair amount the last few weeks Uh, it's gotten really good feedback and really good press and and like I've I've had the opportunity to talk about it in a lot of forums but not the NFL network right I mean not a lot of ESPN and I just know that there's a lot of pushback from the league that like let's like not talk about uncomfortable things with this guy and like they're in a position to do this and the people who work for them whether they call themselves journalists or not are know who your salary or who's paying a lot of their salary so but I, I don't I mean I, I think that not unlike politics, which is the world I, I usually operate in, there is a lot of celebrity among the sports media in in around football. I mean, you can make an Adam Schefter, a Sal Palantonio, a Peter King. They're going to be recognized left and right around like an airport, probably mm-hmm. more so than most head coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a Hall of Fame induction thing in Canton. Uh, biggest crowd was around Chris Berman, right? I mean, more so than any oh, of the God. Hall of Famers. And so... No, I mean that's sort of the world we live in. But football is very, very much a a part of that. But ultimately, look, there's this really similar vibe to when I was writing about Washington, this book around Washington, which isn't the swamp. Everyone's kind of part of the same deal. And I think, I mean, I'm sitting here today in New England. I mean, I'm just I'm doing a bunch of media in Boston as part of this tour, and it is amazing. I mean, the Patriots are such a big story, but some. entities outside of New England, because you know New England certainly saturates the Patriots in media coverage. But, you know, Seth Wickersham and Don Vanatta for ESPN magazine have you know, broken some great stories. Uh, Ian O'Connor of ESPN has a great new book out mm-hmm. on, on Belichick, supposedly, um, you know, and then even like, you know, TMZ broke the Ray Rice story. Yeah. I mean, these are not, I mean, these are kind of outsiders. These are outside the, the people who you know, build themselves as insiders. So it's a different kind of media. And, look, I I never want to be part of that, and I don't really care about being invited to the the, the commissioner's Super Bowl party next year because I probably won't even be invited to the Super Bowl. So that's fine. Um, i got a day job now. but (laughs) um, It's all – but, no, it it is an interesting dynamic, and I I did try to take a somewhat critical eye of of that part of the industrial complex.
0: All right, and I know that uh, we need to wrap up here, but last question for you. Do you feel Mm -hmm. better or worse about being a fan of – uh, or or I guess you know an interested viewer of the nFL after uh, after this whole project
1: <clears throat> that's a great question um you know I, I would feel i would say i feel worse i think it's it's just not um it's it's not a heartening thing to get to know a lot of the people who run and own this league. I think the league will survive because I think the game is itself so fabulous and perfect in some ways, and so riveting in its entertainment. But I think it will survive because of the game, and in spite of the people who who run and own it. But having said that, look, I mean, I can I can think about all these pretty important issues and the morality of it, and and health and safety things, you know, till I'm blue in the face and. If there's a game one I want to watch, and it's Thursday night or Monday night or Sunday night or whatever, and um, I don't have anything else to, do, I'm probably going to watch. So there you go. Does that make me part of the problem? Maybe, but I also would say that I reserve the right to, um, you know, walk away when the Patriots start finishing 6-10 and ten again, which <laughs> is inevitable. It's going to happen one of these days. But, at know, some point, yeah, well Belichick's
0: got to go somewhere, right, or be sold for yeah, spare but parts or something. They're all yeah.
1: sick of each other, but, I mean, they're, they're they're sick of each other, but at least they're stuck with each other. So while they're stuck with each other, they'll probably make the playoffs and yeah. have some success. Who's your team anyway? Right. Or are you allowed to say Man,
0: this? you know what? I, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, man. I'm from Oklahoma originally. Uh, okay, so yeah, I love right. college. Well, I love college football. I'll be honest, man. Like okay. I'm so mm-hmm. lukewarm on the NFL. Uh, I mean, to me, okay. it's, it's very vanilla, you know, very, yeah. uh, you know, the product is all, all just kind of looks the same yeah. to me. And, uh, you know, especially yeah. the more that, that I've, you know, I mean, I've been really turned off obviously by what happened with Kaepernick. I've been, you know, I'm, yep. I'm very turned off just in general, the more you get to know about the owners and the way they are. I mean, yep. the whole thing to me just, okay. uh, doesn't sit well yeah, but anyway
1: so you're a college fan man you're right Cause, yeah cause yeah football is i mean there's a lot more there's a lot more a lot more to like about it i think but maybe that'd be my next book but oh yeah anyway. well uh, yeah You'll, well
0: if it's as good as this one man i'd look forward to reading it
1: well i, I you know what i'm not looking forward to writing it because I, I got, i'm too tired first. but uh yeah. no but uh,
0: look it, it's uh, i'm just
1: trying to get through this one but i appreciate uh appreciate you having me on
0: all right well thanks so much again mark right. a great book appreciate Fair it enough. take all it right, easy take it once again, that was Mark Levovich, author of the new book, Big Game, The NFL in Dangerous Times. It's available now in bookstores and on Amazon.com, and I bet you can even get it for your iPad or Kindle, too. Thanks to Mark for coming on today's show, and thanks to all of you for joining us as well. For the Blayton Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.